Welcome to Aston Means Business. I'm Steve Dyson, the journalist presenting this regular podcast for Aston Business School. We're currently working with the Aston Centre for Grove to turn this podcast's attention towards how small businesses, known as SMEs, are coping with the economic shutdown caused by the coronavirus pandemic. This special series is called Aston Means Business, SMEs Dealing with COVID-19. We're talking to businesses who are taking part, or who've previously taken part, in Aston Centre for Growth's programmes. We're giving them a voice to discuss their challenges, share their experiences and explain how they're dealing with the crisis. We'll also be interviewing some of Aston Business School's top academics and other experts, getting their valuable insights, analysis and advice for SMEs. Please bear with us as we're recording all our interviews remotely via online technology, strictly following government restrictions, and therefore there might be sometimes an impact on sound quality. This episode will feature Alec Anderson, Managing Director of Cool Mill Systems Limited, a company working globally on a new, faster and cheaper way to mill rice and cereals. But joining me first is Dr Jeff Parks. And Dr Parks is a senior lecturer at Aston Business School and an expert in business strategy with a focus on marketing and international operations. Hello to you, Jeff, and thanks for joining us. Hi, good. Hi, Steve. Hi. Jeff, uh, COVID-19 has hit the entire global economy. Here in Britain, the government's offered a range of assistance to get companies through the crisis, from furloughing workers to deferring VAT, and from rates relief to a form of grants on low-cost loans. But what about companies with major operations, costs and staffing abroad? What are some of the main challenges for companies based here that trading internationally? I mean, Steve, it, it certainly complicates the landscape because this particular crisis, um, in many ways, unlike the crisis of of, uh, of two thousand and eight, has hit the 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 you know global logistics in terms of travelling and trading activities. So, in a sense, it's, it it presents um, you know SMEs with a much <clears throat> a much broader range of problems to deal with. But I think it still comes back to um, you know the way that we consider stakeholder management and that becomes a really critical part of any business's survival strategy through through this kind of um, through this kind of crisis how we look at a business from the perspective of every single group that interacts with it and how we can as a business owner how we can engage with those different stakeholders to make sure that we you know we 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 survive the crisis we get through it and also that we've got some semblance of an organization to come back to and we can build on in the future so i think it's through stakeholder management be it you know the way that we um the way that manage customers um which may internationally be looking for more you know online activities perhaps important to look at um you know the the actual value that they're looking for that's going to help and support customers through this this particular um problem and also maybe looking at sort of scenario planning so in terms of what uh looking um at the future as we come out of this crisis, what those customers are going to be looking for. So I think it's the management of stakeholders in its broader sense, I think is going to be, is going to be quite key. You know, that, that includes the way you manage suppliers, really focusing on who are your key suppliers required to get through this crisis. You know, things like your, you know, whoever manages your payroll for you, your accountants, because mm. it's going to be key to, Providing with the right data, if you're talking to banks, you know another stakeholder, giving them the right financial information to make sure that you can, you know, they can provide you with the right financial support, perhaps, or even your employees, you know, 
be it company directors or guys on the ground, making sure that you've made them aware of, of not only your position, but the position that they're in as employees, if they've got to speak to their mortgage companies or whatever, you know, what their individual circumstances are. So it's the way that you, that you, that you manage external stakeholders and also maybe, you know, maybe how you manage yourself, Ooh. you know, the way you're making decisions. Um, suddenly decision-making becomes a real, you know, key attribute that you need to be careful that you're looking after yourself you're taking time, you're not panicking, you know, you're engaging in your your team to double check that the decisions that you're making are the right decisions for this particular point in the crisis. So I think stakeholder management for me is becomes utterly critical in this kind of environment. Joining me online now is Alec Anderson. Uh, Alec's the Managing Director of Core Mill Systems Limited. Hello to you, Alec. Uh, good morning, Steve. Good morning to you. Um, and Alec, thanks very much for joining us on this uh, special COVID-19 podcast. Um, Alec, first of all, tell us a bit more about Cool Mill. Um, where is Cool Mill based and what does it do? Well, thanks for inviting me to come and chat with you today, Steve. Um, cool Mill is based in Solihull and we work globally. Um, right now we have projects in India, China, Nigeria and the UK. And those are funded by Innovate UK and the Indian and Chinese governments. Okay, and just to get my, my head around that a bit more and also to give a picture to our listeners, uh, just tell us a bit about your business structure, how many staff you employ here and abroad, etc., and, and and turnover if you can. Yeah, so for me, it all started actually at Aston in 1984 when I uh, was a student there. And I went for a summer vacation job at a local company and that turned into my final year project. I then joined the company and we subsequently bought the company. Uh, we have two trade. We're a family-owned business uh, based here in Solihull, founded by my wife and myself, and we bought it out. And we have two trading activities: one's in agri-tech, and uh, one's in employee engagement, uh, culture change consultancy. In the agri-tech side, we've successfully pioneered a globally significant cereal milling technology, primarily for rice, although we can mill other uh, uh, cereals as well. And essentially, what we do in that is turn uh, paddy uh, rice from the field into what you buy in Tesco's. Uh, we have a joint venture in China, uh, which is uh, can be quite challenging, clearly at the moment, as one of our uh, uh, project partners is in, in Wuhan. Uh, we have three directors and uh, two senior engineers. One of our engineers is based uh, here in the UK and one's in India. And we have academic and commercial partners in the UK, India, China, Turkey, Greece and Nigeria. So although we're a small company, we've developed a wide range of strategic uh, partnerships. Okay, and, and what's the unique selling point of Call Mill? What do you do differently that, uh, that, that has got so many people interested? Um, in the rice side, we have a very uh, uh, radical, uh, novel uh, milling technology. It's very efficient. Uh, we call the company Cool Mill because uh, we don't use a lot of power. We save about 90% of the power, and that means that the rice is milled cold, uh, which is a big problem in the existing uh, machinery. The existing machinery is attritional, so there's massive loss and damage. So uh, some of the numbers from rice milling are quite shocking in terms of the waste, and we address that waste. So you're more sustainable and you do it quicker and at less cost? Yes, absolutely. We would say we would uh, contribute to 16 of the 17 sustainable development goals, although um, when we say that, some people think we're uh, here to save the world. Uh, we're not. We're trying to uh, create a, a, a very positive impact business that's uh, environmentally, socially and uh, economically uh, beneficial to the stakeholders. Sounds like you've got a tremendous uh, product and service out there. But of course, like all of us, uh, I guess your business has had some effects from um, 
COVID-19 pandemic hitting us. Yes, you could say interesting times. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it kind of all changed on uh, uh, a, a toss of a coin, effectively. Uh, this year we were on track to double our turnover, uh, probably to around about 300,000. Uh, we'd won a big turnover on a, a big cons- uh, tender on the consultancy division, and, and we don't know whether that's going to go ahead or not. Uh, we were about to uh, earn our first royalties from China with a new license agreement we had done there, and we were about to launch commercially in India at the end of April into early May. But of course, China, India and the UK are all on lockdown, uh, so uh, we, we're not sure for how long. Uh, so we're going to have to seek extensions in our projects, but we don't know how long those extensions need to be. And of course, there won't be any extra budget. But for us, it's just another problem to deal with. There have been several along the way. Uh, and uh, like I think it was Sarah yesterday I was listening to said, like many other SMEs, it's uh, survive, then thrive. Absolutely. And uh, that's hopefully what uh, Aston Centre for Growth here at Aston Business School is going to help you and others to do. But, but to do that, of course, we need to know what's going on in your business and what's going well in terms of um, surviving and what's not going so well. So with, with that in mind, um, there's been a load of finance uh, and assistance measures announced by the government. Um, is that going to help your cash flows, your survival, uh, your planning in any way? I think the short answer is once we under, actually understand it and see the detail, some will and some won't. Um, for example, I had a productive day yesterday on the phone with HMRC, who have been very supportive, I have to say. They uh, instantly agreed to defer PAYE until July, uh, and of course, they already announced the VAT deferment. And for a small company like us, that conserves cash, and cash is king at these times. So it gives us time to take a breath. Let's see what the detail of all these support plans are. And then uh, even in July, HMRC have said, look, let's see how the situation is then and we can talk about a time to pay if that's necessary or if things have picked up again, and then we can move forward from there. On the financial support side, I think there's a lot of confusion and inevitably because of the scale of what's happening and the, and the short times in which these things have been put in place, there's not a lot of detail uh, and there are a lot of conflicting uh, opinions. Uh, so uh, I would my observation from experience would be the headline uh, soundbite is often not matched by action on the ground. And we're a bit of a quirky company. We don't fit into that tick box, computer says no banking culture. <laughs> Our main assets are IP, and in banking terms, that has no value. Um, so these are the sort of challenges that we're st- uh, trying to get our head around uh, at the moment. Sarah seems, uh, from yesterday's uh, podcast, seems much further ahead than we are at the moment. We're still trying to get a communication with the bank to understand what it is we can actually qualify for. I understand. And, and the bank, are they not being um, acceptable of your of your arguments or are they not even talking to you at the moment? Um, at the moment, we haven't actually made communication. Uh, we could do it online if we had only two directors or two shareholders, but as we have three, that's not an option for us. I went into uh, the business uh, banking uh, main office in, in Birmingham on the 11th of March and I'm still waiting on a call back. So, um, yes, and understandably, everybody, they must be deluged by people saying, what can we qualify for? So getting through can be quite a challenge in itself and then understanding what it is they actually want uh, and to, to process uh, the loans. Is there anything else from the government um, that you need clarifying? Well, I'm confused um, over the 80% um, uh, grant for salaries and, and uh, you can interpret that in different ways. Um, 
if I pay somebody a thousand pounds as eighty percent of their salary, do I get a thousand pounds back, or do I get eight hundred pounds back? I.e., is it is it eighty percent of what I pay them, not eighty percent of what they used to be paid? I, I, I'm I'm unclear on that, and I, I know there are different uh, viewpoints on that. But again, until the detail and the calculations, the online portals opened up, nobody's going to know. So these are these are some of the challenges. I have a, an Indian engineer, so I can't follow him in any case. Um, so yeah, and uh, also from a director's point of view, as a small company, I can't follow myself, or potentially not myself, because I've still got to operate the company. And of course, if you're doing any work for the company, you can't be furloughed. So I mean, uh, with the uncertainty of our projects, ideally we could perhaps um, mothball the company for um, one or two months until the situation with the projects becomes clearer. Is China going to open up? Is India going to open up? And then we could pick it up again. Um, but, but that doesn't look like it's necessarily going to be an option for us. And to be fair to the government, you know, you can't have a perfect solution for every, every company. They're trying their best, I'm sure, in these difficult times. I'm sure that's the case, Alec, but it's important that they hear from businesses on the ground like yours, and, and that's what uh, this podcast will hopefully do. I mean, if... if um, if the two main things that you're talking about there, if the um, the government's loan system with the banks um, came through at an acceptable rate, if if it was more clear what you could do with furloughing and it was more enabled for businesses like yours, are those the kind of things which could help you to adapt and keep trading during the crisis or are you going to manage anyway? Yes and no. Um, from a consultancy side, we can move a lot of that online. In fact, we've, uh, like many companies, I think Zoom's become the byword for everything at the moment. Um but from our rice business, uh, our main markets are India, China, and they're shut down. Um, so until they open up, until UK's opened up, and, and until there's an airline that can actually fly us someplace, um, then potentially there's, we're limited in what we can do in those projects right now. So it's just keeping ticking over, really, that you need help with. Uh, yes, uh -huh. it's the um, our big cost that we can't control is our patents. We've spent uh, hundreds of thousands of pounds. We have about seventy percent of the rice world covered by patents, and uh, the problem is once you start that clock ticking, there's no way of stopping it. So uh, that's uh, that's where the cash job will come uh, for us. But it's manageable. We can we we are small. We are lean. <laughs> so uh, and we've been we've been here before. So two thousand eight was a good learning. I'm sure it was. I mean, given one or two things that you're still trying to clarify, let's put those to one side for a moment. But looking ahead, let's think three, four months ahead, will Cool Mill be able to bounce back when things start returning to near normality? Absolutely. We got plans to expand the business. In fact, it's really frustrating because we were just about to press the go button and now we've had to pause again. So we have plans to expand the business rapidly, both in India and China. These are postponed, not cancelled. But given the global shock, um, and everybody there's going to be lags before recovery, I'm not entirely convinced that it's all just going to pick up where we left off the minute you know somebody says go. I, I think it's going to be different to that. Mm -hmm. But food is not a discretionary purchase for three and a half billion people. Rice is literally life. There is a global need and we have a solution. So with access to resources, we can scale up quickly. Without it, it'll take a little longer. You know, if travel's a problem, we can work and uh, support our uh, our partners and, and employees in India and in China. Um, you know, so I guess it's uh, it's about uh, not panicking. Um, it's about um, looking at your options, managing your cash. Uh, my key words would be uh, belief, agility, and perseverance. And one thing's for sure: we're in a different world now. 
the pre-COVID-19 norms, I don't think will ever return. And so to thrive, we will need to set or adapt to what will become the new norms. Uh, and I think that's going to be the reality for us going forward. Absolutely. Alec Anderson, Managing Director of Cornwall Systems Limited. Many thanks for joining us and very best wishes to you and, and your, your colleagues and your company uh, as you tackle the next few months ahead. Thanks, Steve. Hopefully still with me is Dr. Jeff Parks the, um, from Aston Business School. Hello, hello again, Jeff. Hi, hi Steve. Hi, hi. Uh, Jeff, you heard businessman Alec Anderson there talking about his business and the fact that Cornwall was about to see royalties coming in from China and commercial activities starting in India, both huge nations that are now shut down because of COVID-19, which means Cornwall has to renegotiate extensions to the project, but with no extra budget. It's a huge dilemma, isn't it? I mean, it's a massive dilemma. Um, and I think in, in many ways, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to appreciate that you have to manage the business during this period with a, you know, with you know, with lower revenues, um, you know, so that, that does mean that you've got to, you know, speak to your suppliers um, to make sure that, you know, you can you defer any payments? I, I spoke earlier about, you know, recognizing who your key suppliers are, and it's important to look after those. But if you've got suppliers that um, it is possible to, 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 defer rent or, or, you know, there's government support on rates and these kind of things to try and push back. You know, your suppliers are going to be much more sympathetic about understanding that, you know, you want to be around for the future and be trading with them in the future. So I think if um, if organization like Alex's can can talk to their supplier base as a, as a key stakeholder, um, make sure you engage with the guys that you're going to need to survive um, you know, but uh, but try and push back costs as much as you as much as you possibly can. And as I said, if there's if there are still services you can provide online that have got value to your customer, then there's a there's a different income stream there. And in a sense, I think almost you know sometimes Steve, um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and, and mm. after this could welcome you know new income streams that that organisations like Alex may not have realised were. Um, were possible, but now will become possible because perhaps this this ongoing you know restriction or obstacle in in the global economy now could be with us for you know for some certainly some months to come. So I think coping with um, you know reduced turnover, and I think that's what Alex was describing there, is about minimizing your costs, maximizing whatever uh, revenues you can secure and making sure that you've got whatever assistance you know you can you can possibly get no it's really useful now alec told us um, and you heard him say that he was grateful for the government's what he called intent to help businesses and that indeed he'd already deferred some of his um, paye and vat elements until july which is good news for him but one of the huge ongoing costs for cornmill is its patent investments and Alec is worried that this intellectual property has no value to banking in terms of potential loans. Is he right Alec, to, to worry about that? Yeah, Alex, Steve, I think that, um, you know, the, the, the government, our government, you know, have responded to this in, in quite a robust way. And, and I think that, you know, I share, um, you know, I still do, I'm an advisor to some small firms and I've done for some time. I mean, I do, I, I share is 
is caution about um, you know banking support. But I do think that in these circumstances, our own government have have, have taken the decision to you know to support the sector. Now I do think it's what's um, you know what's critical here is that firms like Alex's don't take on you know so much new debt that um, it becomes unsustainable to service in the in the longer term. Um, but I think that that this this level of government support is going to be there. I think it's important to you know engage with uh, banks positively. You know, however long you've got to wait on the phone to speak to them. But I think you've got to um, you've got to go through that process, make the applications quickly. Um, I think those funds, you know, are in place. You've got to test that system um, and, and get and, and, and get what, what what support that you can that you can get. You know, I think again it's and again I think Alex touched on it. You know, the lessons from two thousand eight, two thousand and nine are going to sadly catch some people, some organisations out. Not Alex's, I don't think, because. What's critical now is that your accounts are up to date. You know, you've got good working capital management that you can demonstrate to a bank. So it's not about it's not about just being in control, even in these difficult circumstances. You've got to demonstrate that you're in control. In a sense, we're back to a, a level of, of credit rationing of a sort. And if you're the organization that that has a plan. You know, banks will be much more likely to support you than they they, um, they are anybody else. But also on the flip side, I do think, you know, the the uh, the offer of furloughed employees is, you know, organisations like Alex has got to take full advantage of that. That isn't a loan; it's a grant. You know, it's it's in that sense, it's um, you know, it's it's a, you know, it's free money. So you've got to, Alex's organisation and other organisations have to take advantage of that because. Um, in a sense, it could be used to some degree as a back-to-back. You know, we may need a loan to pay our, our payroll. You know, that kind of that. And once the government funding comes from the payroll, we can we can repay the loan. So we've just got to be smart about the way that we manage our our, our working capital during this quite difficult period. And also, I mean, I would just throw this in there. You know, since two thousand and eight. There are there are new lenders on the block, and I appreciate that um, you know um, we our first port of call is with our our primary bank in these kind of circumstances, you know. But there are there are new lenders that have appeared in the market over the last ten years, um, like Funding Circle, these kind of organisations, um, which much which with much more you know faster, more efficient, I would argue. Um, you know, lending programs. And I think uh, where they are included in the government scheme, then I think, you know, often the, their application processes are quicker, they're more online, they're much more efficient. Um, and that I would recommend um, anybody that's applying for these government loans, don't just use your own bank, check out one of the new providers um, and get yourself in a position where, you know, you, you, you might have a choice. I get you. I get you. And um, we also uh, heard Alex talk about uh, potentially uh, trying to freeze his operations and go into hibernation for a couple of months. And 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 you again mentioned the importance of furloughing. But but on the employment front, um, Cornmill and possibly other companies out there, they've got issues. In Cornmill's case, they've got an Indian engineer. Um, he can't be furloughed. Alec himself is a paid director in a way that prevents him from furloughing himself. Uh, how do companies? approach it when they've got costs they can't defer and they can't hibernate i mean i think it's it's about um you know 
cutting the organization down as 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 low as you possibly can and again i think it's about trying to make sure that you take as much advantage of those furlough schemes as you can in a sense you're accessing whatever financial resource you can i, I think as, as alex said you know he he had a positive conversation with hmrc and and the, and the vat guy you know i think that's that's very very sensible and they're taking a very practical approach, you know, to the um, to the problem. So, and again, as I said, on the supplier side, look at your sub, go through your supplier list individually. Which of these guys can I, you know, am I going to have to have a difficult conversation with? And which of them am I going to absolutely need to get through this crisis? Because what you don't want to do is, I don't know, um, you know. You know, stop paying your accountant, and suddenly need a cash flow forecast, and, he, and he's saying, "Well, you haven't paid me for two months." You know, you've got to really—it's a survival strategy, and you've got to think, "Okay, so who are the guys that I still need to support?" I'm not going to ignore the other guys. I'm just going to say, "Look, you know, we are—we are where we are. You need to do what I'm doing, which is managing my my costs really as carefully as I possibly can, and you need to do the same thing." Jeff, that's great advice, and many thanks for joining us today and for providing your insight on the challenges faced by, by what are sometimes quite complex companies in the in the face of COVID-19. Thanks very much, Jeff. Thanks, Steve. Yes, thanks there to both Jeff, uh, Jeff Parks of Aston Business School and Alec Anderson of Cornell Systems for joining us. We'll be back in the next few days with more case studies of how businesses are coping and with more crucial analysis and advice from academics and experts here at Aston. Aston means business, SMEs dealing with COVID-19. Thanks for listening.